Welcome to The Digital Week. I'm Monica Bradley and we're here today with Dr. Matt Flynn. Hello, how are you going Monica? Oh, Dr. Matt Flynn, I am so excited about today. The future of work. Mm. So tell us a little bit, you're the theme leader in the future of work at the PwC Chair in the digital economy. What does that entail? Well, first of all, I love it. It's a yeah. great job. And we've got a great team there as well. So that's exciting. So your future of work mm. is good? I think so. Like I'm hedging my bets here. <laughs> No, cool. So tell us a bit about the areas yeah. that your group focus on. Yeah, so we've got three focus areas. We're focused on transforming learning and leading for the future of work. They sound a bit buzzwordy, yeah, but okay. you know we want to help organisations know what's next, next for them. Uh, the big piece around 21st skills and, and all of those non-routine skills that can't be easily automated, they're really important. So that's the learning piece. Right. And also leading. Now, we don't want to talk about leading in a very generic way that you think of managers and leaders, but we want to reinterpret that and reimagine it. What does that mean for the future of work? What's leadership? So oh. for instance, if you're talking about networking as a, a leadership skill, what does that mean in the future of work? So maybe it's more about platforms and um, on-demand economy and, and those sort of things. So we mm. want to rethink about leadership in yeah. a digital economy, but okay. future of work. That's really exciting work. Yeah. So tell is. me a little bit about some of the things you've done recently. Yeah, so oh, there's been a lot going on. So uh, very recently we, we did an innovation sprint, which is one of those key pieces that we do in the chair in digital economy. Mm. And uh, this one was on employment, uh, school to work transition, helping out one of our government departments with that. And uh, some really interesting outcomes with, with that one. So we sort of started, you know, it's such a crowded space. You think all of these government mm. departments, state, federal, they're all trying to push information at youth. So we've really been thinking about that from a future of work perspective rather than just, you know, what's the point of uh, the, these jobs might be currently in demand and we're pushing youth down that path. But if they're going to be automated or there's going to be big changes in the future, we need to be helping uh, young people make smart decisions for the future. So that's just one of them. Um, also recently did a, a keynote at the Australian Leadership Excellence Awards. And so that was great to sort of speak to these award-winning uh, oh, leaders. Fantastic. Yeah, so that's that's one piece. Another and then piece, of course your research, right? Of course my research. And not just myself, but um, Jess Blomfield is doing some really interesting work with startups in Brisbane. Everyone sort of wants a piece of startups because it's exciting, but... Do you think also people are seeing part of the future of work is a capability I don't have in my organisation today, and they look to startups to be that new, that different, using different yep. methodologies, different thinking processes? Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, startups could be the sort of the sand, sandbox, that that sand pit where people learn how to learn mm. because you've got to do it so in an agile way, everything's pretty lean. It's very um, applied. It's very applied. Um, you know, where do you get your knowledge from? You've got to get it fast. So this it's is... unstructured often. Yeah, for mm. sure. It's very flat structured, all those kinds Great. of things. So we're seeing that, or what seems to be emerging from, from all the interviews that we've been doing with startups is that startups might be just giving us some indications on how we're going to learn in the future. Wow. And also, they are creating a lot of jobs. Now, there's, there's some, some interesting things emerging in that space, so yeah. 
to yeah. talk further about that. Excellent. What really drew me to seek you out for a Digital Week interview today was you've published this wonderful piece of work, which I think is awesome, about the big wave of job creation. Yes. You know, a very optimistic article, really talking to the future of work in an yep. optimistic and a really mm. realistic sense. So yep. very different to a lot of the alarmists that I see in the, in the public press. Yep. Can you unpack a little bit of what you wrote in that article? Sure. Um, in recent times, we I, I interviewed a whole bunch of so-called experts. No, they're experts. They're academics. No, they're all experts. Yeah. But professionals as well. And we looked at about 50 of the most popular articles, journal articles, but also right. a lot of research reports. And Our friends from Oxford University. Yeah, all of those, lots of them. And we were able to categorise them in different areas, like the alarmist or those who are a realist, uh, those who are proactivists, uh, and there's socialists as well, like, you know, of course. Um, you know, ideas like the universal wage, which has actually been around for I don't know, 50, 60 or more years, mm. but it's really come into vogue again, that sort of a concept. So, but with all of that, um, what does that mean anyway? And it's, there's a lot of confusion for people because some of the reported, uh, the number of jobs that are going to be uh, automated, you know, could be low as 9%, which is, uh, I, I think, a, a fairly realistic um, perspective, which comes out of the OECD, versus you know, forty-seven percent is your common one that's thrown around by Frey and Osborne, and then right up to eighty percent. So, what is the public meant to think about this? Mm. And we're we're seeing <coughs> it capture a lot of that attention on the negative side. So, tell us a little bit about the art. Uh, how the, you wrote the article from the big yeah. wave of job creation that you're seeing out of the future of work. Yes, Monica. So let me ask you this question first. Have you ever been on a big wave? Has anyone ever towed you out on a jet ski and sort of set you, set you free in front of it? My entire life is like riding a big yeah. wave, I think. When you were <laughs> With a little the metaphor girl? of it. No, I Did actually surfed. parents push you on the surf mat? I have just, surfed. I have yeah? surfed, yes. I'm not okay. a particularly good surfer. Yeah. It's not something I would spend my days doing. Yeah. But I am familiar being a Queenslander on our beautiful beaches, uh, riding big waves. Awesome. As am I, but yeah. Mm. Um, so I guess zooming out a bit, if we were above that, above those waves, and there was two really big ones, the first wave that we're seeing at the moment is just, it, it's really a wave of automation and fragmentation of jobs, not happening the, in the same way, uh, in the same location, but you know, there's a lot of mixture and, and that's what's confusing for people. Um, but that's really what our first wave is about. It's, it's disruption to pro, at the process innovation level, so an example that I like to use is the fitness trainer. Think of the, mm -hmm. think of the 1970s or 1980s fitness trainer. You know what would that have been like? Like Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, yeah. Let's get physical. Something okay, like enough. that. Yeah, right, don't don't do. uh, Beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> For those that are not watching the podcast, they can't see us chanting. Yeah. So what's come so along? So wave one. Is wave one. Uh, Olivia Newton-John. Okay, so what's come along is the fragmentation and automation of Olivia Newton-John's job. Maybe Olivia Newton-John's not the best example, but we'll roll with that. Um, so, so fragmenting her, we're replacing yeah. Olivia with something else. So with what technology. have we replaced her with? Technology. So we have the wearables industry. So if you think everyone's, a lot of people have got a Fitbit or a Garmin or, you know, you're standing around waiting to go for a run and you're holding it up there hoping that a satellite's going to pick up your pick up your, your Garmin, but um, so in the, in the first wave, it's, it's disruption at the process innovation level. Another one I like to give, uh, which might help our, our listeners, uh, is, is the blockchain. Really the blockchain is a, pr it's, 
it's a process innovation. If you think about the banking sector mm. and you and I want to do a transaction, we can do it through the blockchain. So it's helping us with that process. But along came, comes wave two, which is the massive job creation wave. And that's the one that we love to focus on at the chair in digital economy because it's a good news story, but I truly believe it. Um, if you think of that wearables uh, example, now we have the application of wearables in so many industries and it's created a massive amount of jobs. So, so the wearable of the engineering industry is the Internet of Things. Absolutely. Versus the wearable in the fitness industry, which is I'm wearing something on myself to track myself and yeah. my performance. Okay. Does this um, collate a little bit with the work Professor Roseman does, which is above the line and below the line innovation, whereas uh, below the line innovation is about efficiency and effectiveness and it yes. often is uh, creates artificial intelligence that will replace jobs. Yep. But above the line innovation is really these truly new value creation sources that create yep. new streams of revenue. Yeah, absolutely. So you could parallel that quite nicely. Um, I, I just like that metaphor of the waves and I think it's accessible to people to understand. So um, mm -hmm. not using too many buzzwords, just trying to explain it in a simple way. So wave two is a massive creation of jobs. So mm. tell us a little bit more about that. How will that work? Yeah, so if you think about, um, actually, can I introduce a, another concept with it, which I'm calling occupational forecasting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So if you think of wave two, um, there's a whole range of factors in there that are going to create a lot of jobs. Um, one, one being, like, we need to understand better what's the demand for jobs in, in their geographical location. Yes, we can look, to, look at things like the ABS, um, statistics on employment. We can look at the OECD if we zoom out at the global level. We can look at supply in terms of skills, um, skill clusters. Like that's a that's a change in mindset mm -hmm. where you know you and I probably thought one job for life back when we were we were youngsters, mm. but now I don't think I ever thought. Yeah, well, you were always advanced. I'm an entrepreneur, advanced. right? Yeah, I had five jobs before I was thirteen. But uh, I mean, really, if we're looking at this massive wave of job creation, mm. um, we're in a global marketplace, mm. and we're also in an economy where skills can be applied digitally in yeah. a much. Uh, so the whole idea of regional so maybe this future of work map that we hear a lot about where we've got kind of the lower um, left hand side which is about the human highly yeah. highly spoke but highly human touch jobs mm. and the top right which is your highly cognitive function i'm designing the algorithms of the future mm. um is the second wave coming at the top end at the bottom end is it coming at both ends yeah well I mean, that's a really good question. It's a tough one to answer because neither of us knows the future. I think um, what we are trying to do in our team is use scenario thinking. Right, okay. So we can talk about what's possible and what's probable, but okay. we're not saying this is the future, but we're, we're looking at what's the potential impact here, what's the likelihood of it, and that's going to help our help organisations think more clearly and prepare better for it. So, so I guess the, the most uh, certain thing is that it won't be like it is today. True. It will be different. Absolutely true. Okay. So what's some advice that you would have for our uh, listeners out there that are in a corporation and, and how should what are some steps they should be taking now that yeah. will help them? Yeah, good. Well, that idea of occupational forecasting, I mm -hmm. think that's a really powerful idea because most of the thought leaders around the world are really looking at the problem of disruption and automation from one perspective. The, probably the method that they, they're comfortable with. 
Um, so it's a narrow lens. So, I mean, my recommendation is that we, we need to look at the problem a lot more holistically and think about what are all the different impact factors that could, could better position my organisation for the future. So and even ways that new value be, can be created absolutely. that don't exist today. By nature, it's a creative exercise. Yeah. So a forecaster, a little bit like how I would hear a weather forecast each day. Yeah, great lead in, Monica. Um, so look, this is my big prediction. In the future, that one of the most important jobs is going to be- Should we have a drum roll? Yeah, go on. Occupational forecaster. So think about your the news that you watch on TV each night. And Don't watch TV news, but that's yeah, okay. God, it's so modern. Uh, but but look, I'm watching we have my a, iPad. You're watching your iPad. You've just watched the financial report. Yes. And then we go to the occupational forecaster oh. just prior to the weather. Okay. So the occupational forecaster will be able to identify hot spots. Oh, I like this. Cold spots. Yeah. Uh, maybe some fronts of massive job that creation. Sweeping across. Sweeping across. Wow, that's great. I so love I'm sort that of being, uh, you know, playing with that a bit, but seriously, this is going to be so important to yeah. people. Why wouldn't that be just as important as the financial report? Let's start that ourselves for the PwC chair. Yeah. Why don't we just start a weekly jobs forecast? Uh, like, uh, what are we calling it? Occupational forecasting. Absolutely. And we can build, because we're the chair in digital economy, why don't we build, um, or let's get a government department to do it, the Bureau of Sorry, can Occupational I just... Forecasting. A Bureau of Occupational Forecasting. Yes, yeah, so we would have an app, just like the bomb, but this would be for uh, occupational forecasting. I'm really loving this. This yeah. is going to go a long, long way. Thank you very much for your time today. My pleasure. It's been another extraordinary yeah. time. So you can find uh, all of Dr. Matt Flynn's work with us at the PwC Chair in the Digital Economy on our website, or you can follow us on Twitter. We really welcome and encourage all of your feedback about the future of work. Highly contentious issue. Let's rely on the PwC Chair and the team to really really blow the lid off this on the positive and the negative side so we can manage it going forward. Thanks for your time today. Thank you. Cheers.